This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. This is Kelly and Ramia, Kelly McDonald, Ramia Amadin. We're here daily with you for a two-hour talk show. Lots of uh, conversations and a variety of subjects. So we're happy that you're hanging out with us because we're getting into more of that variety right now, Kels. Ah, for sure. I I think you picked the words very apropos. Mm. Let's bring on the weekly roundtable. Isn't it convenient that we have a round table? Well, it's actually oval. Just say it. The blind guy feels it now goes, (laughs) well, I I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. I'm glad we uh, were able to keep this music, that feel when we move the television. It's one of those things, the mainstays of the show, as the round table has been since... The first week of the program, uh, we settle back on Thursdays. We call it the roundtable. Ramya and I settle back with a guest. And today we invite in Vice President of Content Development and Operations at AMI, Mr. John Melville. Hey, John, welcome back. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Ramya. How are you doing? Good. We're good. We're good. Excellent. It's one of those weeks we're navigating through uh, a bunch of stuff, but uh, having lots of fun here on the program as usual. Um, John, as a sports person, I'm sure you've kind of taken a bit of a look at this already. Canada's team uh, caps the uh, Pan American Games with 164 me- uh, medals, and that includes one, 46 gold. Um, we actually won more medals than four years ago in Lima, Peru, uh, Peru which clearly showed, it, or sorry, our heart was in it, and that clearly showed. Take a listen so many medals i mean it's it's canadian really were ready for those games and it clearly showed and that was our chef de mission uh, christine gerard uh, with those comments uh, how much it clearly showed how well we do ranking third uh john as a as a sports person is this something you keep your eye on at all the pan american well, games uh, yeah to a degree um you know, I think generally speaking, the performance of our Canadian athletes in the various, you know, events they go into, whether it's Olympics um, or the Pan Ams or any of the regular competitions is something that we should all be excited about. Um, we have an amazing sports program here in the country and uh, a lot of funding goes into it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's not always covered well by, you know, sports media, but uh, uh, it is something that uh, it's always nice to see Canadians winning medals. We have seen it through the year. Uh, I'm going thinking of the basketball, how Canada did as we start lining up to get ready for next year's Olympics. It, th- there's a growth and it's it's funny. I don't know if there's anything to this, John, as we heard there winning so many more medals, getting in third place than four years ago at the Panam Games. I don't know how much of a marker that is, but on the heels of the national men's basketball or the yeah national men's basketball team doing so well a couple of months ago, I think it's lining us up to have more of an interest than Canada normally does. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think one of the reasons that we're starting to see more consistency in the performance is uh, we've noticed this through our discussions with the Paralympians. Uh, A lot of them are participating in AMI shows. And the the athletes who have retired, who have moved on, um, 
tend to uh, involve themselves in coaching or in development with the, the new crop of athletes. And successive generations of athletes, you know, winning for Canada has resulted in a very good sort of mentoring program. So I think that's one of the reasons why we're we're seeing such good competition now uh, and the entire movement is uh, is well structured to be able to continue to uh, develop and and bring forward new athletes i'm at ontario blind sports this saturday uh emceeing and and always it's a pleasure to do it as they celebrate 10 years inducting people into their hall of fame uh, Ramya, you know enough people. I know enough people. John has mentioned AMI has worked with enough uh, Paralympians, past Paralympians. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that for you that interest in in these kind of games as next in a couple about a week and a bit the actual Pan Am Para Games uh, begin? Yeah, the interest comes with just the conversations and stories that you hear from the Paralympians, from para-athletes themselves. You know how it's not just the competition. Oftentimes we hear about the competitions, we watch them live, we talk about the accessibility of um, having, you know, uh, what do you call it, spectatorship from uh, around the events. But we don't hear about the journeys as often getting to those big events, right? Getting to the Paralympics and getting to the big games. And so Pan Ams is maybe one of the bigger qualifiers as well as other just, you know, national competitions and provincial competitions are where uh, athletes are getting to the big stuff, getting to the big stories. And so as you start to kind of go back with them, go into all these other uh, things throughout the season and how they're feeling and what they're up to and what it means to get up there. These are the big portions of those stories. We had good conversation with Brock when he was talking sports last yeah. week because one of the things he brought up was you could be on one of these teams at the Pan Am Games or at one of the qualifiers and not necessarily be that person that, that makes it to the to the mm-hmm. Paralympics when it comes time. So or this is to, your big thing. The Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. And and that but you are putting that national team in position. Mm-hmm. Also, guys, there's a deadline that's coming up. It's the deadline to repay a pandemic loans back and receive partial forgiveness. It's approaching. Small businesses are hoping that the federal government will reverse course and extend it for another year. Nearly 900,000 organizations applied for and received a Canada Emergency Business Account Loan during the COVID-19 pandemic. The federal program offered up to $60,000 in interest-free loans to help businesses and nonprofits survive related shutdowns and slowdowns. Up to one-third of the loans can be forgiven if businesses pay back the outstanding amount by January 18th, 2024. Those that missed the deadline would see their debts converted to a three-year loan with an interest rate of 5% annually. John Kennedy, The Canadian Press. So I wonder, Ramya, as we were talking about all the businesses that went under recently on the program in Montreal and then looking at amounts of restaurants and that in, in Toronto, just out of our own mm-hmm. curiosity, because of the massive number, we're talking businesses here. And we, we all know, John, that this has been kind of what we've worried about. Ramya, in your mind, you see these businesses being told that, and we all had to know as the pandemic was going, there's going it's to have coming. to be a payback. Yeah. And what is going to be, I mean, interest, really, I get the time, but is it just me that this sort of seems again, and I know it's our money as taxpayers, everybody in the country, it seems to me like kicking them while they're down. Still. Yeah, I mean, it's not 
I don't want to say it isn't ideal or it's the wrong choice or, you know, how dare they, because I don't know what the alternative would be, Kels. Like, we know what it's like for the economy to have um, given out—given out is not the right word, but you know what I mean—to to give out all that support. money, yep. yeah, yep. To, support to support through this and to have to have done it in a very drastic way, uh, almost like as emergency scenarios, because that's what was happening. We were plummeting. Uh, businesses were struggling so much and at such a ginormous scale that something had to be done and that something was done in the form of loans and grants and all these other things but there had to be as you said a time when the other shoe drops and we have to think about repayment so i don't know what the right way of doing it because as with everything else around this conversation it was unprecedented yeah john we have to think about that even here at ami in the sense of what goes on the, the holdups for moving forward licensing for example on on broadcasters uh, you know minds right now because so much was held up and and it puts companies in quite a tenuous position uh it does um i i think we we've all had a lot of time during the pandemic and our you know work from home life cycles for what two and a half years to oh, yeah. to spend a bit of time um you know forecasting what this change would mean and and now that we're sort of in the change and through it um you know the, as you say the payback and 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 whatnot uh i think you know we've had an, a license extension through to 2026 because of a few reasons the CR RTC's just backlogged right now, uh, but it gives us time. We 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 always forecast, you know, our revenues and uh, look about five years out, which is as realistic as one can usually be, in spite of you know in, in mitigating circumstances. Um, but I think uh, you know the important thing to remember is you know that the money is uh, in in the story you were talking about was extended to people, and uh, you know there is a payback. I, I just. I, I wonder, though, sometimes about the inconsistencies of the messaging mm. from government. Yeah, um, for sure. You know, yep. here we have, you know, businesses or, or you know, looking to be paying back um, with, you know, 5% interest, which isn't terrible over a three-year no, period. No, no. But no. on the same, on the other hand, you know, the whole Arrive Can scandal, which I've been following, um, yeah. how many billions of dollars did the oh. government waste on that? And, you know, when there's any sort of call for accountability, everybody runs for the exits, you know. So um, it would be nice to see government walk the walk um, and instead of, you know, expecting, you know, every every Canadian to have to you know, do their bidding essentially yes. and, uh, and wear it, wear it on their backs, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, kind of got me going on that one. <laughs> well, and it was almost a pride into people's hands saying, look, and, and almost with the, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. When you know, our, our attitude is, yeah, don't tell me that. I know I got to worry about when you're coming back saying, didn't that help? Well, it did, but it's still tight. Yeah. Anyway, uh, can I get it back now? Or can mm -hmm. you start paying it back? John, um, we've recently at AMI uh, started marketing the company. And this is something that I know from my years being at the company, we've had those times where we've ran out campaigns. And you can see us on CBC and numerous other broadcasters that are airing promos that, that kind of push people to our AMI Plus and so on, the things that are going on and our methodology. John, can you talk a little bit about which what this does for an organization like like ours because i think about everybody in marketing and what do we put out there how do we interest people in either our service a part of our service um as well as walking the 
the, the talk that we do about accessibility and promoting the whether it's the Paralympians, whether it's the communities, the various communities we serve. Sure, I'll do my best. It's very busy out there with respect to messaging. Uh, many, many channels, many, many content options. Um, I think for AMI, what we we do it sort of maybe two ways. Uh, we we do what we call our sort of brand marketing, which is I'm I'm sure you guys have seen our new spot that uh, was actually produced in house, um, mm. and uh, it's running in a major campaign on a variety of other Canadian networks, um, and really talking about. Uh, AMI Plus being an inclusive organization that AMI is, you know, and essentially espousing our values um, in in a 30-second spot, really to get people that may not be aware of AMI or what AMI means if they actually come and watch it, you know, they, they might find content that really relates to, you know, what, they, what they're thinking about. Um, so that's one kind. And the other kind that we do is is more, more specific. So if you're already familiar with AMI and and you can kind of see it now with our the screen roll that you're showing. Um, you know, we're we're advertising various brands and shows and things like that that are that are playing in the channels, uh, AMI Audio, AMI Tele, and and AMI TV. And you know, if you want to go and watch uh, Sightseers or Kelly and Ramia, you know, we give you information about where that's on, what platform you can watch it on, etc. So uh, we are really sort of doubling down on these efforts because if we're creating all this great content we need to let people know about it and we need to let people know where they can find it right otherwise nobody's going to see it right so right. um we are committed to this and uh we're going to really be you know putting a lot of effort into this type of communication with uh, canadians in the coming months and years awesome Ramya, you're that one voice that begins the one promo uh, have, you, have, you, have you noticed it, or have you been God, able to tell it yes. to you? Yes, <laughs> it was chopped from another promo. That's the one you're talking about, it, right? It was. Yeah, I just wanted to be sure it wasn't just me. <laughs> no, it was. It was me. <laughs> it is you, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought. I just wanted to be sure. I was like, hey, thanks, man, that thanks for familiar. bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah, I was just returning the outing favor. Remember the books? Remember, remember the audio books <laughs> yeah, discussion earlier? It. You're not going to read that I book. I knew right, you Cal? had something up your sleeve to bring up now. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, guys, one thing I'm kind of <laughs> curious uh, about, ahead of next year's Juno Awards in Halifax, organizers have actually gone out of the way to announce Maestro Fresh West uh, as actually the first newest inductee to the Music Hall of Fame. They're going to be doing this, of course, at the... Um, about at the uh, hall, uh, sorry, the Hall of Fame. Uh, uh, they did this at a uh, ballroom, excuse me, in Halifax. And he made a remark to Cardinal Official as he was up there uh, about being there and making it. Take a listen to this clip. He smiled at me. Yeah. He gave me a big hug and said, bruh, uh, finally. I said, they took a long time, but now they're enlisting me. Because Scarborough Mans don't make records. Nah, we make history. John, bruh. Now, I know you <laughs> understand all about the music in that sense from being a past musician. But what we look at here is the first. And we were talking about this on the show with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and how that is so inclusive. And we see this with Juno Awards, which have been around, what did we say, 72, I believe, is when they, they came to be. And th th looking at where we're moving now and history making, a, as, as Maestro is kind of commenting in that comment, see, with the Cardinal official and the, the response, 
but I, I just look at it and smile big, John, because we are starting to move in that sense. And when you see this here in Canada um, and the diversity, whether it's Indigenous music, whether it's music made by you know Black Canadians or whomever, um, and some of the solid stuff we've heard from Joni Mitchell and everybody through the years, uh, there's a big pride thing now. Well, absolutely. And I think it, it, it does go back a long way. You know, Canada's always punched above its weight in terms of music output, even before the CanCon regulations came in in 71, 1971, which led to the, the, the Juno Awards, named after Pierre Junot, the uh, head of the right. CRTC back then. Um, but uh, we were out in uh, Saskatoon uh, on one of our trips to meet our prodcos uh, with Jim Crisco, uh, the Count, uh, that Jim Crisco. And uh, we stopped related? and... Sylvie Fiquette yeah, was there yeah. too. We went to see, uh, there's a memorial, not a memorial, but a statue there, Johnny Mitchell. And it was, you know, the pride that we felt, I mean, we're obviously boomers, some of us, and maybe Gen Xers, I think I should speak for myself only, but uh, I'm a boomer. Uh, but nonetheless, it just showed how far back you know, Canadian music has gone and mm. how much influence it's had on the world stage and continues to have. And it's really exciting. You know, I, I still love, even in my older years, you know, the new acts that are coming out and, and uh, watching them, you know, go from, you know, Scarborough to the world stage. And, mm. and we all know uh, the big acts that uh, have been recently famous, not the least of which is you know, Drake, uh, Shawn oh, Mendes. Yeah. All of these uh, worldwide musicians now that uh, still remember where they came from. And that's sort of the Canadian thing, isn't it? Yep. Nelly, Nelly Furtado coming back to yeah. host, Ramya. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No, definitely the where they come from, the roots, and you hear a lot of this with hip hop in general. But um, it it's rings true, I think, as you said, John, for all Canadians that make it up there. And Kelly, you remember when we saw Nelly in Winnipeg at the uh, mm -hmm. Indigenous Day Live and the young rapper, uh, blind rapper that she invited up on stage? Matthew Monos. That was yes. awesome. Uh, yes. It was it was truly a, truly a moment to behold as we sat there in the uh, post-thunderstorm bog that was the Forks. Still remember the donuts you guys lost. Rolling, rolling donuts, man, <laughs> through the rain. But we, we, we made it and we got away from the lightning. John, as usual, thanks a lot for coming on board. You bet. It's always a pleasure. And take care, guys. Thanks, John. John Melville joining us on the program. Uh, please, folks, join us every Thursday for the weekly roundtable right here on Kelly and Ramya. Thank goodness you guys made it inside. But really, the donuts, though. You would have cried wow. over those donuts. Oh, bro. I was. I was in the control room here <laughs> crying over your donuts. <laughs> We're going to take a break and come back, wrap up the show with you. We've got a closing moment that I think describes the two of us here on Kelly and Romeo and give you a preview of Now with Dave Brown, the Friday edition. We'll be back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.